Sarah, hey, how's it's been such a long time? How are I you? Know. Hello, Kim. How you doing? I'm great. So you can't see us out there in podcast land, but we are in the same room recording a podcast. And is it before the pandemic the last time? I mean, I really didn't know if it was possible. Like the power <laughs> is too great. I thought we would surely like crash the grid or create like an accidental black hole or something. But here we are. Very exciting. Yay. <laughs> And we're super excited for this episode because we have two others on the other side of uh, a computer from us joining us today. Oh, I can't wait to share the story and to hear more about it myself. I'm, I'm really pumped. Awesome. So we are welcoming Kakim Fung and Harold Aquino Guzman. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome. Thank you. It's awesome you. to be here. So you all have a very Unique story, but also one I hope that will resonate a lot with educators and students. Mm -hmm. So why don't we just get to our first question is, would you tell us a little bit about yourself? Who are you? What do you do? And what are you passionate about? I'm Kim Fung. My students call me Mr. Fung. I'm currently the math department chair at George Wood High School, and I teach computer science, mathematics, English, history, and biology. That's just, I'm just going to, I'm going to pause right there. You teach so many things. That is when I saw the list, I was like, how does one person teach all of those things? That is incredible. Was that a choice? Were you like, I just love all of these subjects and I want to teach them all? Well, it's it's a long story, but basically I want to um, start my own sort of like a bachelor's degree program for computer science for high school students. I know that's a very, very ambitious goal in that it's, it's something that not everyone sees as a possibility, but I see it as a possibility. And so I took it upon myself to get licensed in currently seven different subjects to try to get to the point where I can provide the opportunity for high school students to earn not only computer science bachelor's degrees, but also engineering degrees or math degrees, basically STEM, as well as any other um, fields that I feel that students here would love to go into that are in high demand. Well, we're definitely going to come back to that because wow. <laughs> there's so much to unpack oh there. But yeah, I interrupted you. Sorry. No, no. So <laughs> <laughs> well, I wanted to let Harold introduce himself. Oh, well, hello. I'm Harold Aquino. Uh, my students call me Mr. Aquino, but uh, I, I'm okay with anything to be fair with whatever they call me. But uh, currently I am here at George Wythe as a long-term substitute teacher, but I'm also teaching pre-calculus here at George Wythe. I guess a little thing about me is I graduated from George Wythe last year and I'm back at George Wythe teaching or su substitute teaching. So I, I really didn't go far after. And, and, you, and you just graduated again too. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. So yeah, so four, <laughs> I want to say four weeks ago or three weeks ago, I graduated from BCU uh, with my bachelor's in mathematics and secondary teacher prep. Wow, that's awesome. I was hoping we'd have a chance to cheer for you. So thank you for saying that so that I can, yay! Congratulations, that's wonderful. And, and I don't know if listeners caught that, but he graduated from George with High School when? Uh, of year 2021. And, and I'm you're back. graduating with a undergraduate degree the year after. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, for everyone who's currently counting on their fingers, how did that happen? Uh, I guess uh, to sum it up, I just took uh, multiple uh, college classes while in high school. I mean, it was through it was through dual enrollment, of course. And Kakim, is that sort of is, is this is Harold sort of the model of what you're envisioning? It's interesting because when I first met Harold, he was in eighth grade, and he didn't 
do so well in school. It's up to him to say or not, but let's just say that he got below good grades in multiple areas. <laughs> <laughs> there's so, some giggling in case you can't hear it. There's, there's some good natured giggling yeah. happening. Um, and I worked with his sister previously before him. So when she was on track to earn an associate's degree herself, Harold kind of also was interested when I talked to him as well. And so in ninth grade, I worked with his school counselor to get him to take both Algebra 1 and pre-calculus at the same time. So you can imagine trying to learn a very high-level math class while learning the basics. Um, I cannot imagine that, but I take <laughs> your word for it. It sounds very difficult. Yeah, and so he was able to then, during his ninth grade year, when he was taking Algebra 1 and pre-calculus, he was able to prepare for the community college placement test, which was in effect during that time. He was able to place into the summer class, which was college algebra. And then after he took college algebra, he was able to place into a higher level math and he took algebra two and AP calculus during the, his sophomore year while also taking three other math courses at the community college. So basically he kind of stacked himself really high and, and there there were some times where he was struggling like i, I think he, did, didn't you say like he failed a few tests or something yeah in math? <laughs> yeah definitely calculus two was the main thing that was hitting me a lot yeah but uh thankful i was able to pass it yeah so success is about getting back up when you fall and that's the thing that i express to all my students is that hey look if you want to stick with that grade that you got that you don't like it's on you but if you want to improve that's also on you it's about the choices that you make in order to try to better yourself. And especially in my favorite field of study, which is computer science, you, ha you have to fail in order to learn. It would be like a real anomaly if someone just got everything perfect on the first try. Computer science is really about problem solving. And in order to problem solve, you have to test things out and fail in order to learn what to do right. And so when he entered his 10th grade year, he took some classes, some extra classes as well. So another thing that Harold did too was he took college chemistry without high school chemistry. <laughs> oh. So you can imagine not knowing much about the periodic table, jumping straight into a college chemistry class. And oh my gosh. <laughs> so that was a struggle too, wasn't it? Oh yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> oh, oh, oh yeah. And, and he took the SOL for chemistry, which, you know, a college chemistry class kind of assumed you already know the basics. So when you pass a college chemistry class and you struggled to try to learn everything you didn't know and then jump into an SOL, it <laughs> can get a little intense, but he did pass his SOL for chemistry, so yeah, that's cool. Thankfully. Good, yeah. And so by the time that he finished his 10th grade year, I want to say he had at least, I know it was at least 40 college credits by the end of his 10th grade year. Basically, that was part of his journey. And then in his junior year, he decided to apply to what's called the Early College Academy Program. He was actually um, waitlisted because I'm not sure why. He took it upon himself to um, advocate for himself to the school board to try to get into the early college academy because he wanted to come back to be a teacher, which you know is now what he's doing. And then he decided to also not only enroll in VCU but also Longwood University for other classes as well. So. Basically, he ran out of community college math courses. <laughs> he finished multivariable calculus, linear algebra. So he ran out. So he had to go to the four-year university during his high school senior year. 
get a little certificate that says you did all the math. There's no more math. <laughs> yeah. So, and it's funny because he didn't take algebra one eighth grade. He took it in ninth grade. That's the funny part. You can imagine how fast everything was since you had to start from the very bottom of in terms of high school math credits with algebra one and ninth grade. And so he was able to accumulate around 119 college credits wow. before he graduated high school. And 90 of them transferred into his four-year university. And he just needed two semesters to get his bachelor's. So that's how things came about. So Harold, this is like a such a turnaround story, right? Yeah. So in eighth grade, you're struggling. Oh, and yeah. not only do you you know, move beyond that, but you like accelerate way. I mean, it's your superhero origin story. It's right. like, you thought he was down and out, but then he has a hundred and something credits like this. So what I want to know is how important was it to have somebody like Kakim who was believing in you when you were struggling? I think it was very important because I feel like without, without my sister knowing Kakim Fung and without, and basically without him around, I think I would have just been graduating with a basic uh, diploma. diploma. Sorry. We're <laughs> <laughs> still helping each other. It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, but no, uh, Fung has definitely helped me out a lot in terms of uh, encouraging me to continue on, especially as he said about the calculus two thing. During that time, I definitely was at the bottom. <laughs> I, after I withdrew from that course, I was definitely feeling like I couldn't go further. But I'm very glad that Fung was around to encourage me to just, he kept saying like, all right, you want to keep going further. You want to enroll into this class next semester. Even though you withdrew, at least that was a learning experience. So yeah. I love that. And as we've already talked about, computer science is all about recovering from failure like you have to fail to learn yeah and you can apply it to so many other things and that's I think one of the things that uh, Sarah and I definitely would like to see more of in education yeah we it we don't always see that same mindset and that same particular type of encouragement coming from teachers that teach other academic classes like you don't always get the fail forward growth mindset message in math class or in English class. And so to hear one teacher that's teaching all of these subjects and bringing that like failure is about how you get up. That's how you keep moving. Like I keep thinking about how lucky the students in your math classes are that it's not just the right and wrong answer. You didn't get it, move on, but it's okay. That wasn't your best test. What are you going to do now? Like what's, what's the next step? Yeah, so I'd like to, I guess, back up a little bit and talk a little bit about computer science education and where your passion for that came. All right, so um, when I was in eighth grade myself, I wanted to get into what were called the academy programs where I lived at. So basically there was like a math and science academy, there was a technology academy, there was the IB program, there was the visual and performing arts academy program. And so I tried to get into like the technology and the math and science programs, but I wasn't able to get into them basically. And so when I was in ninth grade, I went to my home high school and we lacked a computer science program to the level of, let's say like, I mean, there, there was like, they called keyboarding computer science, but I didn't. <laughs> 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 It's not. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, okay. so I actually took it upon myself to give myself those opportunities because I saw like a brochure called Virtual Virginia in the school counseling office. And so I was the first person in my school to actually ask my counselors to see if I could take AP Computer Science through Virtual Virginia. Now that didn't happen. But what did happen was 
my counselor, she worked some magic basically and got me to be able to take AP computer science and AP physics C at another high school. And so, and with that opportunity, I was like, wow, that's awesome. So my school counselor was able to work with me to be able to give me the courses I want in a face-to-face setting, which is actually, in my opinion, for my learning for computer science was much better. So when I was in 12th grade, I was taking 10 AP classes on top of a full-time load at Tidewater Community College. Which was oh my gosh. Because I ran out of um, math at my high school, so I was taking the um, community college math classes at night. You have the same traveled. certificate that you have taken yeah. all the math. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I wasn't able to exhaust all the community college math d- during high school, but I did try to take as many math classes as possible. And I didn't really have anyone guiding me in the same way I guide my other students. And so I had to like learn hard myself. So basically throughout my experience with AP computer science at the other high school, I was taken aback by how much background everyone else had. So basically I came from high school with no computer science, but then I was able to travel to and visit another high school to take their computer science course. And everyone was just so experienced with programming. And so I felt like I was a little behind, but at the same time, though, my teacher then in computer science encouraged me to keep trying, even if I didn't understand it the first time. Yay! Granted, I was only able to get a two on the AP computer science test, but when I started and majored in computer science, when I entered college, I was able to pick things up real quick, simply because it was basically my next iteration, taking the courses for computer science. And so I was able to graduate with a bachelor's degree in computer science in 2.5 years, and then my master's a year after that in computer science. And so for me, computer science is the gateway to many opportunities that current students here may want to pursue. And so I want to expand computer science, not only for our high school here, which is a, which serves a very large Title I population, but also maybe across the district as well through the lens of dual enrollment. You may or may not be familiar with the community college system in Virginia re- revises curriculum to make programming sequence change from a two-part sequence to a three-part sequence, meaning that there's more opportunities for students to be able to learn not only just Java, which was kind of the go-to, but they can also start with like Python and they can also adapt to other areas as well. That's my basic experience with computer science in a nutshell. I use computer science throughout my work and other areas as well. Those skills can be applicable to a lot of scenarios and applications. Are you gaining traction at your school, building this program and making it available for more students? Is your school receptive and interested in the work that you're doing? So far, the school is receptive. Right now, we are, of course, still recovering from the pandemic. And in our setting, we're definitely trying to address learning loss on top of other things that come with challenges in a Title I school as well. Right now, computer science, I will say, honestly, may not be the primary focus right now. Other things such as accreditation, getting students the SOL test they need to graduate is more important, which I agree, you know, like students need to graduate and stuff. But I do feel like it's also key to think about ways in which computer science, meaning in a nutshell, when you think of computer science, you're thinking about a growth mindset. So how can we think about changing the students' mindsets from a fixed mindset to a growth mindset. One way is through computer science. 
And that way, if they experience some success, maybe that success can percolate to the other content areas because computer science is embedded in across all subjects really nowadays. So that's just my opinion. Oh, all right. We endorse, <laughs> endorse said <laughs> opinion. Well, especially when you have an amazing teacher that's teaching five of your classes and can do interdisciplinary projects and sees that computer science can easily be a part of history and English and science and that they are all seamless and work together. Like, I feel like that's a, a pretty stellar computer science experience in school. Yeah, it's, it's funny because I think my student's favorite project was creating like a, deci a decision tree story. So they had, they had a fun time playing each other's stories. Harold, how about you? Where did your love of computer science, how did you. that happen? I wouldn't say I have the largest amount of experience in computer science. I may have an associate's degree in computer science, but most of my experience came from just online classes and textbook work. So it wasn't like the full experience that Fung had. So I, I really don't have much. However, I whatever Fung does, of course, I will always be here to support and help anything that will help uh, you know the future of George with. So you are helping to build the program that he has in mind. Are you? Have you become part of the computer science super team? So, so which is what I'm calling right? it now. I'll make you matching t-shirts. <laughs> yeah. So basically, um, the computer science associate's degree, community college, has a lot of math courses in it. And so right now, Harold's earning master's degree credits because um, you need at least 18 graduate credits in the subject to be able to teach a certain subject. Okay. So right now, he's trying to do that in mathematics. And so with me, with computer science and him with mathematics, that would be a good combination for the students to be able to bounce between computational thinking, like with a computer, as well as problem solving and mathematics. He's also interested in learning more about computer science because again, I think you said like you had a lot of textbook work, right? So you had yeah. to like, <laughs> so yeah, no, yeah. I, yeah. And, then, and then you had two basic programming courses on your associate's degree. But again, computer science is not limited to just, just a computer science degree. It's, anyone can learn computer science. Mm -hmm. yep. I do have a question though. Go for it. For, it sounds like for a long time, you were in a teacher-student, mentor-student kind of relationship. And now your peer, your coworkers, your peers, what is it like to work alongside Harold, for you, someone who gave you a lot of love, maybe sometimes tough love, support that, you know, as an eighth grader, we're not always like, thank you so much for your support. I'm so glad you pushed me. Um, <laughs> and I, I mean, what is it like to work with a former student? Like, how has your dynamic shifted as that's happened? So I, I can start on this one. So my experience with working with uh, basically teachers that used to teach me and now being my coworkers. The best way I could say is it's weird, but at the same time, it feels, in a way, it's, it feels like home because I know most of these people because they taught me, of course, and I feel comfortable enough to, you know, discuss with them any, any questions I may have, like while I'm beginning my, like the early stages of teaching, like whether I'm doing something right, whether I'm doing something wrong. I, I feel very comfortable just talking with, with within the math uh, department. And I guess for me, we're actually talking about, he and I were talking about how weird it would be while he was a student. <laughs> so, but it's awesome because I see him doing a lot of things with his students and I'm like, wow, that's a really good idea. So, I, so I'm able to like take some ideas from him as well. And it's also, you don't see the kind of interaction that he has with his students with other teachers because like, for example, like his students are 18 and he's 18. <laughs> so it's, so it's actually really funny in a sense when I come by and 
see the amazing things that he does with his students and teaching uh, mathematics. Yeah, I think that's actually he, he actually has a student older than him too. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> to, to to have that sort of connection with students that I'm afraid sometimes older teachers don't always appreciate. Like yeah, you know, they kind of look down on the newbies and mm -hmm. oh, I've got all this. So I I really appreciate that you take some inspiration from that work. And how inspiring for students to be like, this is someone my age and look at the incredible amount of things he's done. And especially like, I think sometimes teachers push the narrative of I was always a perfect student and I loved school so much. And that's why I'm experiencing school from this side. So for someone who's open about their story being like, school wasn't always great for me. And I, you know, had to get a, get pushed a little bit. And now I'm back because I know how powerful that experience was for me. And I want to do it for you too. I mean that for me, that would be really motivating as a student. You have both done so much already, and it is so clear the impact that you've had on each other and the lasting impact that you're having on your students and your school. But if you were to think bigger, how do you want to change the world? I can answer this a little bit. <laughs> so my main thing on how, one thing I would like to change on change in the world is how math is, is seen. And what I mean by that is math you know, from a student's perspective, you come into a classroom, into a math classroom, you expect to do everything on your own. You don't expect to like basically, basically be handheld. You 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 feel like you're you're doing it all on your own. But through my experience, or through many of my uh, courses in BCU, I've learned that it seems like it's much more important for students to interact with each other rather than to do to to do all the work on the, on their own. Of course, mainly because it helps them to like basically share multiple ideas and get multiple perspectives on certain problems that they're maybe having trouble with while other students may be having a little bit more of easier time with that specific question that that one student may have trouble with so with that being said uh, one thing that i have tried this semester with my students is to see if i could like get them to interact a little bit more rather than just giving them like paperwork and just be like all right go, i'll go ahead and do this now that's awesome. Yeah, I think that's a great goal. Math <laughs> is a social language and like a living, breathing community. That's so cool. And then for me, I guess the way I would like to change the world, again, I alluded to how I want to have students be able to have the opportunity to earn bachelor's degrees during high school. Because nowadays, there's always this talk about student debt. There's all, there's all this talk about how do we address the big elephant of student debt. I feel that a lot of things that we learn in high school are definitely very valuable things. And I feel that at many times, especially for a population that we work with, a lot of them don't make it through higher education. They drop out because the supports are just not there. The students that I've taught previously, a lot of them have dropped out, not because they don't know the material, but it's things such as having to work to support their family and then having to juggle their time between work and their family. Whereas if those opportunities in higher education were possible during high school, we could prepare them really well for the workforce, especially in the STEM fields. Again, I'm not saying everyone needs to go to college, but I'm saying everyone should have the opportunity to and have the proper supports. That's just something that I believe in. And that's something that I'm training myself to do currently by taking graduate courses at multiple universities to get myself certified to be able to try to provide those opportunities for students. Again, it's a long shot, but I think that's how I want to make it the biggest impact on the world. That's amazing. It's so inspiring to see 
the initiative that you're both taking towards making those changes. Like you're not just talking about it and being like someday, <laughs> like you are really making it happen. And that is really, really inspirational. Is there anything that you'd like our listeners to know about, especially maybe Kakim, if, if other educators are listening to this and thinking, huh, how could I learn more about how uh, to create a pathway like that. Oh yeah. If there's any information you want us to share about dual enrollment, we would love to make that available as a resource with this episode. Gotcha. So I, I guess I would want to say that with dual enrollment, it's important to understand that the Virginia Community College System did create some initiatives such as the passport, as well as the uniform certificate of general studies, which guarantees the transfer of credit to many Virginia universities. And so it's really important for school leaders, especially division leaders, to be able to think creatively about how to best prepare students for life after high school. That being said, the cost for an AP exam, I think it hovers around 90 bucks. It might be a little higher than that. But with a dual enrollment course, when you pay for a dual enrollment course, you can actually get reimbursed a significant amount. So like the net cost at the local college that we were at is around, I think, 11 to 13 bucks an hour, oh, credit hour, I mean. So oh, wow. therefore, if you take a three credit course, the net cost is probably going to be around like 33, 39 bucks versus an AP exam, which many students in our school struggle with simply because there might be some confounding variables that are not taken into consideration, such as the background that they come from. There might be families that have the resources to have a really enriched system with their children when they were younger, but with our population, the parents needed to work. And with the parents not being around that much, the children may not have had the best start in terms of their education. And so dual enrollment is something that makes things equitable because credit is not based on a standardized test. It's based on multiple things where the students are able to demonstrate mastery after cycles of failing and getting back up, failing and getting back up. Dual enrollment allows those types of learning experiences for the students that the AP exam doesn't measure. That's an excellent point. The AP exams, I, I'm just not a fan. <laughs> but if you're a good test taker, then exactly, it's probably sure. great. But if you're not, Again, there's no chance or to you, fall. You have that, that one day. Yeah. Do yeah. you going to fail? You wake up with a headache. Mm -hmm. What do you do? It <laughs> sounds like Virginia is moving in the right direction and has made an, a lot of good choices to help students. And hopefully other states are moving in those directions too. And that means that even more helpful initiatives are coming. Well, we are so glad that you were able to join us and share uh, your journeys with us and what you're doing now, what your plans are for the future. Uh, I think this is going to be very inspirational for folks. Yes. Thank you so much. We should absolutely hear from you again once some time has passed and hear how it's going. Like, is it shaping up the way you wanted it to? What has your experience changed? Like, we'd love to catch up with you later and learn more about your journey when you're further down the road. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, you're welcome. And thank you, of course. Until next time. Tech, love, and happy.